all things. Now all things are of God. Come on, guys, this is this is good stuff. But here's what I want you to see. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. We didn't even, you understand, we didn't even start it. We, we didn't start it. It was already, like, his love was already so in action for us. Man didn't start, man didn't put a draw on heaven that got Jesus here. Heaven's heart cry was for the earth to bring it back into relationship with God. In reconciling us, and that was what—that's what we've been given. The ministry of reconciliation, the same way that Christ is calling the world back to the Father, the same way that the Father was calling the world back to Himself through Christ, is the same way each of us is called to call the world back to Christ, back to the Father. We're the—we're the trickle-down effect that we're called to be out there, and it looks like a living expression of the righteousness of God. When we become that that embodiment of the will of God walking around the earth. Roy, you see it in your job place, don't you? Yeah, all over the place. People see it, people recognize it as different. And they're drawn to it. suicide, they knew the old Roy. Why didn't he go back to that crack house? Why didn't he go back to that bar? But he didn't. You know what I mean? He, he's, and he's got a smile on his face. Yep. You know what I mean? Where where'd that come from? See, they're, they're, huh? Because conditions have no effect on joy, right? They don't. But faith looks like something. Faith looks like something. <laughs> exactly. I had, uh, this is, uh, this, <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy that he actually came to, uh, to service with us Wednesday night. And, uh, and I was talking to him today, and, uh, and he was telling me about how it used to irritate him that on Monday mornings I would come in so happy and cheerful. And he could not figure out how anybody could come in at that yeah, time of the day. I get it all the time. Hey, hey how's it going, bud? Time. You know, and, and, and he's like, like, I didn't understand how you could be like that. <laughs> but faith looks always, like something. It wasn't always like that, though. No, it was, believe me, it wasn't. And But that's the type of thing that's infectious. People want that joy. People want that peace. People want, people want what we have. When we put it on display, so they know what we have. Go ahead. Oh, and uh, the gaming member Xbox Live. Uh, some people have told me over the years uh, it's a little creepy how happy you sound uh, sometimes. It's like, why, why do you sound so happy sometimes? <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, I know not many people sound happy on there. That's exactly where my son took his life. Uh, on that same thing you're talking about. He did live in front of people. See what James says about it, right? I like James. Pastor James, right? I like James. I do too. He's a senior pastor. Yes. And uh, see, we're going to start in verse 14. There, I'm going to read through this. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he does not have works? Can faith save him? Right. Uh, hold on. Right away, you're going to get in trouble with people right here because they're going to say, well, you're not justified, you know, works can't save you. Ephesians 2, you started with that one. You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace through faith. Okay. But, but faith looks like something, okay? What is a prophet, my brother, and if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace... Be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he called the and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith. The just live by faith, the righteous live by faith, and yet faith looks like something. And we've talked about this over and over again. We're called to be a, a manifestation of God's love here on the earth. We're called to be an expression of His will for mankind. And when that really rings true in our hearts, it moves us to action. We can't just sit still. We've got to tell people this good news of the kingdom. And it doesn't have to be fancy. But it should move us to action. It looks like something. It's like one of the biggest arguments with religious uh, organizations. They go by, you're saved by faith, and that's it. But then, they'll kind of point the finger at you if you're walking in any kind of sin or anything like that. And it's like the works will keep you out of the sin. 
you to be to be saved by grace, they want you to be saved by faith. Because once you've been empowered by grace, you're, you're free <laughs> and you're moved by love because you realize it's nothing I'm doing, it's everything he did before I even knew who he was or how much he loved me. Or formed him a mother Exactly. From the foundation of the world. And we were just there in Second Corinthians, and it said, right, that he didn't come to impute the sins or the trespasses against us. He never came to condemn anybody, but just to save. I just had that revelation there. That's, that was good. Love covers the multitude of sins. We do slip up sometimes, and we can feel guilty about that, but it seems like when we're more showing our faith by works it kind of covers that up. Brings us back in relationship. Yeah. You know, right where we're supposed to be with God. John 3, 17. Came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. Yes. I want the room for power. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to let's get faith looks like something, but let's talk about what faith is. Hebrews eleven one. I'm just going to go off my sheet. Hebrews eleven one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance and evidence. Faith is substance. Think about substance. This is matter. This is the this is the matter of our faith. This is the tangibility, the point of contact of our faith. And what is that? Right? The things hoped for. It's a substance of things hoped for. Colossians 1, 27 and 28. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the substance of faith. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that, look at this, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That you can be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he's not, what, holding your trespasses and sins against you. Because when you're working in your faith, love covers a multitude of sins. That was good, Jared. Christ in you is the substance. Us being presented holy and righteous, perfected in Christ is the evidence. Our life lived is the evidence. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. 
And what it says here is, now faith is the assurance, and then in parentheses it says the title, deed, or confirmation. It's what shows that we own our hope. Like, think about it. You know, if, if you own a car, if you own a car outright, somewhere in your house you've got a title to that car. If you own your home outright, if you don't have a mortgage, somewhere in your home you've got the deed to the property. If any man or police officer, whoever, comes to, to ask you to prove that you own it, there's a proof of ownership in your hands that's tangibly touchable. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is that title and deed that you hold in your hand. It's the proof. When the enemy, right, go back to Matthew 4 a couple weeks back, when the enemy comes to say, are you really, if you're really the Son of God, right? He, he asked him that twice. If you're really the Son of God, you prove it. If you're really the Son of God, have God prove it. If he comes and says, if you're really the Son of God, say, ah, yes, I am. Christ in me. Yeah. This is purchased property. When the enemy comes to speak those lies, let Jesus answer the door and tell him where to go. Romans 8, 8, 10, and 11. Let's go with this. Assurance is the guarantee of the proof. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. There it is. Faith and righteousness always walk in hand in hand. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The spirit within you is the guarantee and the proof. Christ in you, the same spirit, you've been reconciled to him, brought into perfect alignment with heaven. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in each one of you guys, inside of me, working from heaven through me. What Pastor Ken talked about last week, it's the conduit, right? The conduit is the authority. He's given you the authority to call on the power of heaven and let it flow through you in love with the peace that surpasses all understanding in a sound mind. Faith looks like something. Faith looks like that perfect love in action. It, it, it looks it looks like us walking that out endued with the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Matthew 3, when he's baptized. But he came to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. There's a third baptism, and it is the fire inside of you, the endowment of power to those who believe, right, that miracle signs and wonders would follow. And what follows miracle signs and wonders? People who now believe. Faith looks like living a God-designed and a God-defined life. When Jesus came and he said it's finished, what he meant was it's finished. And what he did was reverse every ill effect of the curse. He brought us back to living as sons of honor in the fullness of being a son of honor. We're no longer on the road between Jericho and Jerusalem. We've been placed in Jerusalem, in the heavenly city, Jerusalem. When you look at Adam, when you go back to Genesis and you read this, 
Adam's first encounter with God is face to face. He had relationship. He walked in the garden with God. He was a priest in the first order. He was spirit-filled. How do I know? Because God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. He was filled with spirit from creation. He was a king. He said, fill the earth, so do it. I've given you dominion. Those three things, spirit-filled, being a priest in relationship, and having dominion over the earth is what we are all called to walk in. By faith. When we see it that way, when we get our eyes fixed from a heavenly place, looking down, we will see it that way. It doesn't matter whether you're sweeping the floors in a high school gymnasium or whether you're the President of the United States. We're all called to walk as kings, priests, with spirit, endued with power, love, and sound mind. Let's go. We're going to go through this quick because I know I'm getting a long, long time here. Ephesians 1. Um, we're going to start in verse 18. Said so the eyes of your understanding. This is uh, Paul speaking here. He's, he's the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Faith looks like something, and there's something for those who believe. It's an inheritance according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You understand? That's everything. When Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, that's exactly what he meant. He had all the authority over everything. Then, you know, past, present, future, for all time, it was all there. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. Seated him in heavenly places far above with his body. We're his body. What would it look like if we started believing that when we walked down the street? Man, we walk past people in our shadow would heal them. Exactly. I mean, I think I think to be to be real, I think probably the the majority of the church is scared to death to come into contact with a demon. I really believe that. I think that the majority of the church is scared to death of witchcraft. They are fearful of the supernatural, and yet all principalities, all of it, have been placed far below his feet, and we are his body. They are under us. We have dominion over them to take charge of them. We have been given kingship. the king of kings. You understand, he's not talking about the world powers. He's talking about you and I when we walk out what we've been created to do, which is be kings of the earth. He gave us the authority to use his name. The name of Jesus. Everything should bow. Every tongue shall confess, right? Borrow that microphone. Woo! <laughs> Holy Ghost. All right. 
let's go on here, Ephesians 2, I think I broke it up for you guys, and, and you, he made alive, who were dead in trespass and sin, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, let's talk about the demonic realm here, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, come on guys, this is good, but God, who is rich in mercy, right, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and trusted, even before we knew that he loved us, he loved us, right, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom toward us in Christ Jesus. I know it's repetitive, but listen, have got to grab hold of this. Not only is the church, his body, seated in heavenly places, we have been seated in heavenly places. This is where all of this comes together at, right here. You have been seated in heavenly places. You say, I don't feel like I've been seated in heavenly places. You should see the hell I'm walking through down here. Listen, your flesh, your earth suit might be walking through hell, but your spirit knows how to direct it right on around everything that's coming against you. And it's been given authority and dominion to bring that stuff into submission to you. You guys doing all right? I'm getting in, I know I'm getting intense here, but listen, we've got to lay hold of this. There's no week seven here. You guys got all the notes here. All right? But this is what will keep you going when you understand that walking in this authority is everything. Seated in heavenly places. All right, let's go to Revelation 1, 5 and 6. We've been seated in heavenly places. Revelation 1, 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, that's you and I, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. It's not that we're not that we're kings apart from Jesus, we're kings under Jesus, but if you understand what he said there, and has made us. Again, it's already been done. You've already been made whole, you've already been made healed, you've already been perfected, seated in heavenly places, and he made you a king and a priest, that you would have relationship and dominion with the Father. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 just kind of drives it home, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Listen to the language here, guys. A holy nation. This is everything. Chosen generation. You're not here in this time by mistake. It doesn't matter how you got here. You're not here by mistake. A chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. There it is. Priest and king right there. A holy nation. He's not counting your trespasses, your sins against you. You've been made right. You've been justified. You've been brought into peace. You've been set. Romans 5, what did it say? You've been put into a place of undeserved... uh, an undeserved place by faith. This is everything that you guys are walking in. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Look around to your neighbor and say, Boy, I'm glad we were called to be the people of God. Glad we were called to be the people of God. Hallelujah.
something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I mean, we, we go through that list and we're talking about Abraham, we got Moses, Joshua, Daniel. I mean, we're going through all of these great men of faith and God had something better for us. This is, this is a declaration for the church. There's a declaration for the church then, but it's a declaration for the church today. We are the fulfillment of the promise right now, being called to usher in Christ into the earth, as in heaven on earth. We're called to bring it down to earth right now. And then 12 starts out, and he says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Look around the church. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You've got to train to finish the race. Faith looks like something. You've got to train to finish the race. If you're running a race, you've got to keep your eyes fixed on one thing. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Don't worry about... Don't worry about what's going on with this ministry over here, this church over here. Don't worry about your brother in the pew behind you and what he's got going on on Saturday nights that he ain't telling nobody. Don't worry about that. Listen, I used to run treadmill a good bit. 
okay? And I can tell you this, right? If I'm ahead, if I'm looking ahead and I'm running, right, I'm good. But if someone distracts me behind, I turn my head, guess where I'm landing? Way back there on the floor, probably up against the wall in my house. And I've done it before. It don't feel good. Keep your eyes fixed ahead on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and you ain't going to end up back there. But if you're worried about what's going on over here, what's going on over there, and boy, I wish I preached more like him, and boy, I wish that I could go there and do this and that, and the, you know, boy, he, he speaks so good on this subject, and I wish I could. Just walk in what you got. Just walk in who you are, who he created you to be. Right? You're his workmanship. He created you for a specific purpose. We're going back to week one. From before the foundation of the earth, he knew you and he appointed you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That joy was you and I. And that, right there, is what needs to keep us going on. Despise the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne to God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls, that you have not resisted the bloodshed striving against sin. Don't get worn out. You see a lot of people, maybe they haven't, uh, maybe they were around the church, they got out of the church, they come back in, and they're on fire, they're like a ball of fire, everybody's talking and look at him, and he's so on, he's doing this and doing that, he's all over the place. And what happens is they burn out. Yeah. Right? Jesus talks about the seed, right? It springs up really quick and withers. There's no depth to the roots. You've got to put down roots. You've got to dig in deep. You've got to press in. you got to. Don't just burn out. Don't, don't go so hard that you. That you flame out. But he said, don't get tired out, don't get discouraged. You haven't resisted yet the bloodshed. What's he saying? And none of us got up on that cross with Jesus. You look at the author and the finisher of your faith. The one who for the joy set before him got up on that cross. Because he loved each and every one of us that much. I read a quote one time. It said that Jesus had a wallet your picture would be in it. Come on, that's good stuff. You know how yeah. when you got kids, you know what I mean? You're like showing everybody. Look, look at my, you know what I mean? Look at my son, look at my daughter. And that's, that's, that's what we Jesus, are. Jesus, man. <laughs> Alright, guys. Listen. Again, I just want to thank you all for being a part of the class. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Thank you. Thank you guys for the gift. And I just thought, uh, I'm going to ask Jared if he'll just come up and close us out in prayer. If anybody has any prayer needs, anything at all, we're available. We'd be more than happy to pray with you guys. If you don't have, con- I think everybody here has our phone. Con- yeah, everybody's got our phone. Con- no, nope, I don't have your phone number. What happened, Josh? No, I was kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I had the wrong number. Yeah, by now. What's that man with the kids? Should we uh, be able to offer him? Absolutely. We can do whatever you want, bro. Yeah, I like the prayer service. All right. <laughs>